Podcast number 819, or it will be by the Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I'm parked under the trees at um, Thompson, not Thompson, right around the corner from Thompson, St. Andrew's Cemetery, and they're dropping big globs of snow on the roof of my car, and uh, bam, that one was right in the windshield. It's, uh, it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. Uh, we had our big first dumping of snow yesterday. Today is November the... Yeah, I thought it was... Oh, come on. I had it a minute ago. 22nd. And uh, 23rd, sorry, Monday. Yeah, we had a big snowfall uh, yesterday. Kind of beautiful, but uh, very heavy. So the job for the day was to get my wife's uh, Mazda, uh, the snow brushed off, and then pushed into the, or driven into the garage now that the uh, Acura is gone. It's a very tight space because we've got shelving up and stuff there. But if you pull in both the mirrors, you can make it in without uh, the risk of scratching it. So uh, that was done. Uh, I brought it in and she immediately said, hey, I want to clean up the garage first, put away the rakes and things, which is... Uh, which is the kind of thing Naoko likes to do. She's she's organized. She's she's. Uh, I guess to some degree, it's the Japanese in her that just hey, there's things to do, you do them, as opposed to the Canadian in me, which uh, uh, okay later it doesn't really matter, you know. Oh God, there's another snowball. It's like somebody's throwing snowballs at the car when they fall. They're because they're clumps. It's not just little drops. But anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I got some personal things to share. I got but first of all, I, I want to talk about something else. Julian Smith. Now, probably a fair number of the uh, listeners to this podcast don't know him, uh, I would guess. I mean, I don't know who's listening, but uh, quite a few of you will. He's from Montreal. He was a, uh, one of the first podcasters in Canada, friends to uh, Bob Goyetch, of course, and others. Uh, did a wonderful thing on music, and, and from the start, Julian was a star. Interesting-looking guy, very interesting. He had these, you know how when you have your earlobe pierced, like, really big? He was one of the first people I knew to have that and a, a lot of tattoos and things. But just had an air of confidence about him. Good-looking in an interesting way. Dark hair, not too tall. But any, anyway, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, quite a few times back in the early days when I was the Scarborough dude, and uh, that was somebody, you know. Uh, he was at one of the first meetups that uh, I attended in Montreal that famous night that... Uh, what's his name from Nova Scotia? Didn't show up. And Mark Blevis sort of made a joke of the whole thing and upset a lot of people. First time I met Mark Blevis, too. Anyway, Julian. Uh, lately on Facebook, Julian has been picture, posting pictures of his wife, who he married, of course, because it's his wife. Um, they were... I forget. It was a year ago. I don't know. They couldn't have a big wedding or something or... Maybe even they're going to get married. I don't know. You'll have to look it up. I don't have the details. Um, but what he's been doing is every day for a week, he said he announces, I'm going to post a picture of my beautiful partner, whose name I forget. And she is beautiful. She's she's exotic in her own way and beautiful, long, dark hair. Wow. Um but it's, I, I'm talking about that because it's kind of a gutsy thing to do that your average person, Julian is, Julian is above average, so your average person couldn't do this. Hey, look at my beautiful wife. I mean, I've posted pictures of my wife. I think she's beautiful. 
but not with an announcement that I'm going to do this for seven days and here, look at this, and then give a little bit of a backstory. It's something, if you have a certain degree of fame, you can do, and people won't find fault with it. But if you're just a somebody, an anybody, you couldn't really pull it off. And I guess that's really what I want to talk about. Now, Julian has been slammed, maybe not the word, teased, made fun of by uh, our good friends, Anthony and Dave, on more than one occasion for the company that he is the CEO of, a company called The Breather. Now, there's another leap into success. He went from this podcasting and writing books and so on into uh, creating a company that rents space. I'll read a little bio first here. Julian Smith is the CEO of Breather, an on-demand space company, as well as a New York Times best-selling author of three books. Two of these, Trust Agents and The Impact Equation, were written with Chris Brogan. The third, The Flinch, has consistently remained one of the top-read Kindle books since it was published in 2011. Julian has been an author, a CEO, a professional voice actor, a radio broadcaster, and a consultant and speaker at some of the largest corporations in the world, including Google, Microsoft, American Express, Heineken International, and more. His work has also appeared in Cosmopolitan, GQ, CNN, and a host of other publications. His online work has been read by millions, literally. So, I'll stop there. You can go, you just have to Google Julian Smith. Uh, Maybe add the word breather and that'll take you to the right one. So, yeah, I I always was a little disturbed by the fact that he was made fun of. And I I think it's because of his success. And I don't think either Dave or Anthony knew him very well personally. And therefore, it's easier to make fun of somebody, you know, when at a distance. Same for Chris Brogan. Um, Now, why am I saying this? I guess I want to illustrate the difference between somebody who has confidence, a degree of fame, you just read about it, and why, you know, who has achieved a lot, and therefore certain doors are open, allowances are made. There's another level almost within the human population. You know, I mean, we all know about stars and actors and people who you know, are famous for being a, a, a writer, a journalist even, you know. And so we do, people like myself hold them in another category. Now, if I met Julian, I, I would be very comfortable. I've, I've spent evenings with Julian uh, when, uh, when they rented the uh, John and Yoko suite at the Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him. So, you know, wow, there's a claim to fame. I know Julian. Julian knows me. Uh, I haven't seen him for years, not since Breather. But it's this thing that... We'll go to musicians who put out a disc. They're they're doing well. They sell a lot of records. They're headliners at concerts and so on. And then there's all the other wannabes, the people who are really good. and They've got talent. They've got skill. They've worked hard at it. They can write songs that have never been published. They can write their own music. They can play things really good. They might have been in a number of bands, but they've they've never made it. And so there's always those people always are lacking the confidence that a Julian Smith would walk around with uh, to the point where, hey, here's my wife. Look at her, you know, on Facebook. And I'm not being critical of Julian when I'm saying this. So don't get me wrong at all. I'm defending him. But what I am trying to point out is the the difference between the regular people and those who are somebody, somebody special in a way. And I guess it's related. I, I don't know why. I haven't really figured this out. Maybe it's related to the book I'm hoping to self-publish because it won't be a book like Flinch or Julian's books because it's just a book of letters written over the years. So immediately I'm that musician who's never been in a band or or never achieved any fame. 
and they won't. And yet, at the same time, I think, hey, this is kind of special. But I think many of us, and this would include almost all of my friends, with few exceptions, hold ourselves back. I'm not important. I'm not famous. I'm not worthy. And therefore, I have to keep my hopes, expectations, dreams uh, in check, you know, because that's just us. We're in this this other category of all the others. Uh, and I know this might sound like, oh, so you're expecting something more than that? No, I'm not. And, and I'm comfortable with who I am, I think. But I guess it was like back in university, the people who who pushed themselves forward, who made the professor know who they were, and I was the one who sat in the back. And I remember so clearly that time, I've even talked about it, in Louis Petit's Victorian English class, when he said, you, you people in the back who, who never answer, ask any questions, what, what do you think? And I just sat there and I didn't didn't say anything. He didn't address me specifically. It was you people in the back. Whereas there was another guy who pulled his chair right up, almost beside the professor, to talk about Star Trek and, and things that were cool and interesting and had the professor's ear. And I've always been in that other group. You know, I will never be... Famous. I, and it's not that I want to be. You know, I guess it's maybe it's people like here's John Meadows, who I've talked about, who sings and acts and can write music and play music and is a good photographer and has lots of things and written stories that people enjoy reading. But John will never be famous. <clears throat> He's not trying to be famous. But I think a lot of us, in a way, maybe we want to show amongst the other people, the regular people, we want to show, look what I can do. And I think a lot of podcasters are the same. Well, I'm not going to be a, a famous pod. I'm not a Mark Maron. I don't want to be a Mark Maron. But I want a certain degree of respect and admiration even from the people who listen to my podcast, to my show. So it's like the, there's another set of rules. There's another game entirely for the rest of us. And I guess that just sort of struck out when I saw, wow, the audacity of Julian to say, look at my wife. Look at the smile. Look at those eyes. Now, geez, I'd, I'd almost like to do the same when I have pictures of Nelko. We married and she was only 24. My God, this woman was so beautiful. But I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do that. <laughs> she wouldn't want me to do that. So, uh, all right. I guess I've, I don't know if I've said what I wanted to say, but let's move on to uh, married life. Uh, the other day I saw a box and Elko's been clean. She, she kept, Sunday was our day of rest, but not for Nelko. She was just busy the entire day. The entire day she was working. Uh, right up to putting the uh, leg of lamb in the oven with the potatoes and onions and things and say, okay, now I need you to look after that. You know, this is when you put the uh, other vegetables in. This is when you turn the oven down. She wrote it down for me while she could have her well-earned shower. So I did that little bit. Um, I flubbed a couple of things. <laughs> hey. She was just, she just, I mean, it was just amazing. While I sat and edited or proofread my book, the computer on my lap, and went through and put in commas or, you know, a dash or something here and there or capitalized, I checked the spelling on every place name. She worked all day. Laundry, cleaning, cooking, uh, cleaning up the garage. I, I mean, more than that. Well, I just sat there. Um, 
I, I feel a little bad about it. But I guess what, what really brought it to a head was in her cleaning, she found things that we didn't need any longer in her mind. Uh, so there was a suitcase, very small one, the kind of thing that would fit perfectly, kind of thing maybe your grandmother had, or that size. It would fit on the top shelf of a bus or a train. Seemed a perfect size. And as soon as I saw it, in good condition, zipper, I thought, oh, that would be great for the road trek. Just here's your weekend clothes. Here it is, even though I already have something like that. That's my first thought. So what I said, it, which, which was what I thought in all innocence was, you're not throwing that out, are you? And that was like a stick of dynamite. That just set off all the underlying things, all the built-up frustration, all the things that she had been holding in came out after that one innocent sentence. Oh my God, did I pay for that remark. I guess it sort of started with who else is cleaning all the crap that is in this house? But the thing that underlies all of it, and the thing that just hurts me is... You're next to useless now. The assumption, not saying this in words, but the assumption, you're next to useless now. You're going to be more useless in a couple of years when we have to sell this house and maybe find a place for you. It, it just, ooh, ow. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I live day by day. Right now, I'm feeling in this, the most contentedness I have ever felt in my life, sitting here editing my book that I'm going to put out. And people are going to read, and people are going to enjoy it. A small number of people, maybe no more than 50, if that, but they will enjoy it. They will find it interesting. But that against what my long-suffering wife has had to deal with, it was just the fuse in a time bomb that just, you know, bam, off it went. And and it, it's a clash. It's a difference in thinking. Like, I'm thinking, I'll, I'll deal with that. When, when it comes time that we have to finally sell the house, I'll find a way. Right now, I'm doing something else that's really important. Nothing is more important to me right now than putting these letters together and getting this book done before Christmas. What I have to do with my library, what I have to do with all the Japanese teacups and saucers, what I have to do with all these things, that can wait for another day. But right now, this is what I have to do. The same way you feel you have to do the laundry and put the rakes away, I have to do this now. But that just, that just did not go over well. So, it's a miracle we are still together. There's been a stretch when it just all seems quite fine. But there are differences. And I guess that, what is it, 14-year age gap? 86, 48. Yeah, maybe it starts to show up as I'm getting older, 72 going on, you know, 70 being the new 80, as I mentioned last time. Uh, my doctor called me today, by the way. Just surprising. I'm sitting on the toilet and suddenly this is this is Dr. Musa. Oh, yeah, what do you want? I'm, usually the the secretary calls in advance, say the doctor wants to talk to you between this, this time and this time. Uh, anyway, he said, just watch your blood pressure and uh, come in and get your flu shot. So that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm getting older. There are issues. She sees, she watches me when I negotiate the front step to come into the house. Are you okay? yeah. So she, she, and the fact that she works with old people at the end of their lives, dealing with Alzheimer's, dealing with emergencies, dealing with falling, dealing with having to be taken out of this home for independent livers, either 24-hour care or moved to someplace else every day, 
does not help. She's helping a lot of people. I think it's all wonderful. But I guess it's a matter of perspective. I see all of this. Oh, my God, this is so wonderful. Like, you can't be with your mother and you feel guilty about that. But here you are helping so many other older ladies who really need your help, who who care for you, who really like everything about you because of your Japanese-ness. Life isn't easy sometimes. All right, 20 minutes, that's a long one, but uh, I'm not done yet. I just want to say, I go back to the book. Yes, you'll have a book update. I'm just having so much fun with the titles. Now, I've taken away some of the fun titles to choose, and I can only do it by selecting actual phrases within the letter. I can't change anything. I can only take, if there's three or four words together that capture what I want, that I think expresses a little of the story like the last one uh, leaving on a leaving on a good note or something like that that is exactly what's happened we're leaving japan so leaving on a good note which was a phrase used in the letter to my parents oh that's an apt title um and so i've got second and third options for titles and i'll read through the letter and i'll read it again and i'll think okay now really what's more appropriate some would be fun uh fat old stinker was a favorite title, but I I changed that because it didn't really say. You'll, if you're reading it, you'll read the line with that contains fat old stinker smoking a fat old stinker in the back room. That's enough. Another phrase I can't even remember what it was now was chosen to say no no that really tells more of the story of what this letter was about. So that's been a fun process. I'm still carrying on. I'm still doing that regardless of all the other things that I should be doing or have to do down the road. I mean, I think about it all the time. How am I going to get rid of those books? And it's not getting rid of the books. It's going to a good home. He said, this is a a collection. What about those letters? Like, do my sons want to be burdened with these things? And I guess the biggest fear is I can't have a stroke. I can't have a heart attack. I can't just suddenly die and leave all this to her because it'll be in the garbage really fast. Uh, I'd almost want my friends to get in and pick the basement bar clean, you know. I've got to. I, I need more time to deal with that. So let's leave on that note. I don't know. Um, I needed to do this. Uh, on this beautiful snowy day. And now I've got to get back and I'm going to do what I've been doing all along. Continue to edit pages. I've only up to page 100 now. There's already 300 pages in the book and I've got to add another, you know, five or ten letters to finish it off. So uh, there's a long way to go yet. Scarborough Dude, signing out from St. James Cemetery. Don't know why I'm here, but I needed to be in a place where the trees still look beautiful. Uh, But not as beautiful as yesterday because the snow is melting and they've lost that first snowfall look. Bye for now.
but my love and me I feel her gently sigh as the evening slips away if only you knew what's inside of me now you wouldn't want to know me Thanksgiving. It's a little late <laughs> for uh, my American friends, and of course, that is not a turkey. That's a chicken. A shrilling chicken, to be exact. All right, Scarborough Dude, back at you to uh, give you another clip on this Wednesday, uh, November 25th. Oh, Jesus. A month to Christmas, and already I'm thinking, I don't know what to get now, Uncle. I, I never do. I never do. It's impossible to get clothes. Like, she just, only she knows what she wants in the clothes. So I just tell her, you know, just just buy what you like. Um, and, and I mean, it's not a cop-out. It's just, after a lifetime of history of, of doing this, I know I can't buy her clothes. I, flowers she likes, but... Who knows when and where you'll be able to get flowers. Uh, and uh, anyway, it will be a quiet Christmas with us, for sure. And I think that's what uh, the premier of the province is telling people. I, I'm losing faith in this guy. I mean, not that I would have voted for him in the first place. Um, but he's trying to, this is during this time of COVID, you know, some guy in Etobicoke opened his restaurant. I'm going to do it anyway. You can't stop me. And, of course, the police came and stopped him. And um, it became a news media thing. A lot of people showed up. None of them wearing masks. Young people, yahoos, you know, around. People went in to eat the first day. They closed him down. He opened it again. He says he's going to open again tomorrow. Police come out. It's just great publicity for him. Uh, and for some, he's a hero. But he's not to the rest of the people and other people living there who say, my mother just died of COVID. It's a horrible disease. And the thing is, I don't think a lot of the population understands you don't have to have the signs of COVID, COVID to spread it, you know. And, and so all these people like tight, you know, crowding around the door, around the news cameras. You know, the police are all there keeping a distance, keeping it calm, wearing their masks. But uh, the yahoos weren't. Anyway. Uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, you think, my God, if this really was a wartime situation with rationing and, and conscription, the people today, <laughs> in this day and age, uh, sorry, they couldn't handle it. They, they just, they couldn't. It's, you know, I, I guess 
I thought we had it easy, you know, those of us growing up, the boomers. Uh, and I'm not saying people have it easy. Oh, my God. No, not saying that. No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I just meant there's a lot of people who seem to be fairly young who just, I don't know, don't like to follow common sense, maybe. But uh, ugh, let's change this topic because no matter what I say, it's going to be wrong. Okay, so, yeah, old age, speaking of which, I used to get all my bills on paper that come in, and and it was, I'm very organized, I mean, I ran a business for 25 years, I knew how to look after things, but when the bills stopped coming in on paper, and you had to actually go to your bank, and then you might, if you really looked into your account online, you'd see, oh, alert or something, But if you weren't visiting, if nothing's coming up and no paper's coming in, you could easily let a bill payment slip by. Now, with my Amex card, it's wonderful. They tell me uh, it's due in seven days. I get this an email alert. Uh, Then I get a thank you after the payment received. Uh, And if I miss the first one for some reason, it'll be, you know, uh, it's overdue or something, and I would pay right away. Now, Royal Bank didn't have the same setup. They had alerts within, if you're logged on to your online banking, but no email messages. So I noticed, gee, this, what's this $40 interest? And then I looked in the, the month before interest, then the month before interest. So I'd been paying the bill in full, but this interest was always carrying, and it came to about $200 total. And I thought, what the fuck? What the fuck, eh? So I called, got a very nice woman on the phone, and I did the usual, I'm an old man, and uh, no, I didn't use that as an excuse. I'm saying, hey, I'm a, a client of 50 years with Royal Bank. I've never had this problem before. I pay all my bills in full, and I know if they go online, they see this. I'm an, an A-plus client, you know. I've got my mortgage with them, my business account, my personal accounts, my credit cards, uh, you know, racking up points. Everything gets paid all the time, and, of course, she looked into it and has agreed, of course, as she should, to reverse them all. So I was very glad of that. But it's something that, you know, you get older, things can slip by you. And I think, oh, my God, how many people can get taken in by scams? I found something else, like a company in Amsterdam charging me 25 bucks every month. What the fuck is this? And then Googled it and said, well, you know, and I saw somebody else. Why am I paying these charges? Well, who's this company? Is it a scam? Uh-oh, now I've been scammed, panic again, and then go back and realize, oh, no, 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 this is a company that does invoicing for other companies, and I've been hosting my website, and this is the fee I pay. It's just coming from a different person. When I dug deeper, I found, oh, it's for this other company. Uh, so, anyway, you, you just got to be careful. But, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel for... Uh, for old people who, you know, who could get talked into things, you know, buying a new car, needing this, having your furniture redone, anything. And it's it's awful. It really is awful. All right. Enough of that. Um, I ordered Quicken yesterday, the software. I've always used Quicken since the 90s, I guess. Well, when I started my business. And I loved it. But I guess the last couple of updates, they switched over, and it was a yearly service, and no, no, I don't want any of that. So I let it slide, and then uh, now it's my year end for my company, or it was um, September 30th, 2020. And I've got to prepare my reports for my accountant, so I went out and bought a copy. There was this uh, sale on $40 for one year, quick and deluxe, and I am so impressed, like, wow. One of the reasons for doing it was, again, it was like brain testing because I had to, you know, a lot of stuff I just had to update and then reconcile and and not everything, you know, of course, you're supposed to just open it up and it just imports everything from the past. But I'd fallen behind. Um, Luckily, I had a backup on some other, you know, backup disk and was able to find a file from the past and uh, anyway I almost 
started from scratch, you know, said, okay, this matches up with this, and this money really should be transferring from this account into this account. And uh, it was fun. I'm telling you all this because it was fun. I really enjoyed doing it. There's something neat about making it work and figuring out the ways. Well, how, what's this? Oh, yeah, what are these features? Like, there were so many features since the last time. I think I might have had a copy of 2015, Quicken 2015. Before that was 2007. Um, but I'm really glad. It just, you know, hey, okay, I was able to, and by today, I mean, I only got it, what, yesterday, the day before? And by today, I was able to send printed out reports or, uh, you know, Excel reports to uh, my accountant. So here it is. This is this is what we got. Zero income. In the first year, zero income. So I will get a little money back because, uh, yeah, that company is uh, is broke. That uh, that little uh, you know gold, go, golden goose ain't no more. Okay, so moving on to a sad story, a very sad story, and maybe my voice doesn't sound like it, but uh, it will be. <sighs> when I get to the truth of it, our cat's gone. Not Yuki, not Yuki, not the white cat that lives in our house and comes and goes out every night but always comes home and is currently sleeping on my bed. Uh, but Torda, the stray, the feral cat that lived on our deck for the past four years, maybe. Uh, Sunday we had our first snowfall. And Tora took off, went into hiding. And so my wife went out on the deck and shoveled it off and then fixed his home. And she, we've got a table for him that he can go under. And then a, a, a cat bed lined with soft material. Uh, a shower curtain put over the table that can be seen through but will protect from the wind and the rain. And then the house, which is, you know, these boxes that uh, people make with a hole for the cat to go in. Uh, tin foil insulation at the roof and the top on it. You know, a big one of these big plastic boxes, and insulated. My wife just put in fresh straw that day, so the day everything was made ready for him surviving the winter is the day he disappeared. That was Sunday, and it's Wednesday today, and we haven't seen him since. And this cat is with us, like on that porch, all the time. And it's it's just very very sad not to know. And I keep looking out the window from where I sit in the living room because he's always you always see his face looking in and then if he sees you looking he'll do the really really sad me out to say where's my warm milk and uh, he's not there anymore my wife was very attached to Tora and she would sometimes as I say jokingly scold Yuki for having such an easy life and getting in and out as she wants and uh, being so comfortable and sitting on her laps and getting brushed. And Tora, even after the four years, ran when we opened the door to, you know, the edge of the steps, maybe six feet away, and would not, and would see us put down the food, the warm milk and the cat, soft cat food, and would not come until both the sliding doors were closed. And then he would cautiously approach. Okay, the humans can't get at me. So he had suffered. He, he was in really bad shape. And I guess we can take some comfort in that we made him as comfortable as possible while he was with us. Uh, and I just, I have no idea. Like, did he just die? Where do they go to die? Did he get trapped somewhere? Did... Did somebody find him? Did he get hit? He doesn't travel far. He really only lived in my yard in the back, in the neighbor's backyard. And I asked her, and she said, no, I haven't seen him. Um, so he only was in our area. I've walked around the house. I don't see anything. I don't see any paw prints in the snow. So we just don't know. The last thing I did was look under the road track, because sometimes he'd go under there, and uh, he's not. So it's sad. It's very sad. And... Uh, me telling you doesn't sound like it, but when I go back into the living room and I'm just continually looking at the door and I know, hey, he would have been here. If he was okay, he would have been here by now. He would have been here Sunday evening for his uh, food. Got to shut the generator down now. <sighs> yeah, so...
Hope you enjoyed the Moody Blues I've been playing last episode and then one more song this time. I guess that's it. I uh, go for my flu shot and blood pressure tomorrow. It's a little high today. He wants me to have it back down to 130, you know, over 70, which is optimal. Um, I was 140 over 70-something. And then today, 140-something, I don't know, a little higher. But anyway, you know, I'm on medication for it. I'm doing what I can, but... uh, I need uh, I need a little more time on this planet Earth to finish the things I've uh, told you I have to do. <laughs> Clear out the junk that have accumulated. We had a, a men's group meeting. Uh, I guess eight of us, maybe. It, it's the one I only go... It's only once a month, and we know each other enough to uh, to share, and the fellow running it does a great job. And we go around, we all check in. And... Um, I talked about the, you know, the burden of on my possessions, you know, that uh, his question was, what do you want to leave here? What do you want to leave behind, you know, when you die? And, of course, I had already answered with my book that I had, you know, there was something. But my other answer when he went around the room was just, um, and, and this is on Zoom, not we weren't in a room together. Um was I just don't want to leave that burden to my children to decide what to do with things. Like, I've, I've already got enough of my father's. We've all inherited things from our parents. And uh, I guess my biggest concern is is the letters. Like, what do you do with four boxes of bankers? Bankers boxes full of letters, handwritten. Surely, surely, someplace on the planet, somebody would want to keep those. I don't know. That'll be very hard for me to uh, to deal with. I will talk to my sons about it at one point. And then there's a few artifacts in the basement. My father's old Morse code key. It's really not something that needs to be kept. I don't have a real attachment. I liked his, his little simple one better. This was the fancier one I've I've already shown on the podcast. Oh, by the way, on the um, my uh, YouTube series, I was supposed to do that today. And I just, just haven't been able to go down the basement. I'm just so... Caught up in editing the letters, catching for typos, and you know, just changing punctuation here and there. I'm not rewriting the letters. I am not doing that, but I, I will check spelling of every place name. Uh, and um, you know, the odd little typo here and there, or semicolon when there was a comma, or something like that. All right. Anyway, great fun. Still enjoying it. Talk to you, uh, talk to you after this. Bye for now.
and Jane's podcast. Yours truly, the host, Scarborough Dude, back at you from this time. A uh, Thursday morning, just after my flu shot, in uh, Thompson Park. Kind of a mm, overcast day. Not raining, but looks like it is. $3,007 for one beer. Oh, all right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, in for a flu shot. Now, the day started off. That was the only thing. You know, I have my calendar. What do you got to do today? 10 o'clock flu shot. All right, well, that means after seeing my wife off at 9, um, I've got to get my shower and get dressed. I always clean myself well before going to the doctor, even though I didn't see the doctor, only saw the nurse. You know, I mean, everything fresh, clothing and, and my hair done. I just want to look nice. Like, hey, I've still got my shit together. I'm old. I'm falling apart. I need this cane, but um, I'll do my best. And I always chat with her. I love the nurse, uh, Sylvia. Uh, same person all the time. And uh, the, the flu shot, I, I was expecting it to hurt. Some needles hurt. This one I didn't even feel. Anyway, that's done. But the day started off. You know, the first thing I do is I get up. My wife has already made the coffee and um, uh, check my email. And the first message I get is from Japan, from my friend who I posted through Canada Post, the iPhone 12 that he's just so desperately needed. And uh, he hasn't got it yet. And I had sent that off November 13th. It should have been arrived. They gave the date, expected date. <sighs> you do the uh, tracking and it shows like still in transit. And it shows the last update really was from Mississauga, which is where the airport is, Pearson. And my first thought is some fucker has stolen that goddamn thing. Now... I mean, the reality might be it's in customs in Japan, and they don't have a record after Canada Post sends it off. But here's the thing: if, if you know, a few episodes ago, I was talking about this. Uh, I didn't trust the FedEx office. It was down a side street in a strip mall, and and a shady little office in the back. That knows no way I'm dropping a phone off here. But the UPS was good, professional. Though. We'll package the whole thing. Here's the time. Here's the cost. And then I thought, well, geez, you know, Canada Post has got to be reliable. But I wasn't thinking that on the other end, and maybe it's the same with UPS. I don't know if they're international, if there's a UPS equivalent in Japan, that if I send it Canada Post, then it's going to go to the Japan postal system. And who knows? Now, they are honest. I, I just assume them to be. that it's. I'm not worried about it being pilfered there. But there is customs and things. But anyway... I feel really bad. Like, this guy really trusted me. He was thanking me with every letter, wanted to give me something. I said, no, no, just cover the $107 postage cost. <sighs> postage and insurance for 1000 The phone is worth more than that, I think. But uh, anyway, so, of course, I had to file a claim today. So that was how the day started. And, oh, gee, that's too bad. I feel bad for him. But, hey, okay, I'll take these steps. We've done that. And... Um, you know, one of those stupid things, they ask for his number in Japan and they have to follow the same number of digits we have, like four and three and three. Uh, and his is 11 digits. Well, no, start over. You know, it's no, yeah, that's unacceptable. You've did it. You've done it wrong. No, I haven't. Your system isn't. So I had to drop a number off his phone. Now, that doesn't matter. That's not going to make or break it. But <sighs> anyway. I feel a little bad about that, a little nervous, a little worried. What if some fucker in Mississauga took it? Uh, you know, you just, what, what can I do? Uh, anyway, this is going to go on for a long while, and I'm just sorry that I didn't. I mean, the, the, the UPS was maybe $50, $40, more just up the street that now in hindsight, that would have been a better option. I just felt, no, Canada Post, that's our postal system. It should be reliable. You know, they, you know, I deal with them all the time. But anyway, okay, let's park that. Next thing, i got to go to my doctor's office. Well, great. My wallet I always keep beside me because it's – that wallet I have, I bought in a truck stop in Kentucky. I love it. It's got a silver star on the stud. It's really a thick and then so on. I have ruined three fucking pairs of pants with that wallet. But he's putting it in the back pocket, sitting down – 
and it's worn a fucking hole right through the ass of the pants. And these are, these are pants that are perfectly good in every other respect, except that there's a hole in the ass where the wallet was. So I don't put it in the pocket anymore. I've learned that after the third pair of pants got fucked by this wallet that everyone said, oh, that's a cool wallet. Yeah, cool. If you like ruining pants. Um, anyway, that sits beside me on a table. Well, this morning, of course, that's the first thing I grab, and it's not there. Oh, God. Well, I put it in my pocket last night when I went to pick up the uh, Swiss Chalet chicken. Great system. Bam, online ordering, usual order, tap a button, say, here, activate this. As soon as you get there, just activate this, fill in your car description. Bam, right away, you text message. Okay, I've told the kitchen, it's on the way. And they begin out to your car, and it's already paid. It's a great system, except that I had the wallet in the car. It was my wife's car. She's at work. I can't get hold of her. So I'm assuming it's there and didn't fall out like the pair of um, Apple earbuds I lost the last time I was in this park. So anyway, you know, a rough start to the day. But... That's what Dixon Jane's podcast is for, sharing, unloading our burdens. Uh, a good friend, Suze Muse, posted this uh, thing, how are you coping with the um, COVID-19 situation? And it's sort of green, yellow, orange, red. And I'm solid green. Like, uh, you know, I, I suppose I could call it up. Do I have to do that? Do I have to call it up and read what it means to be green? Yeah. Anyway, I posted, I said, I'm sorry comes with old age. I'm solid green and it's, um, I, I'm running, I'm running the yellows. I'm running the yellows. That's how I put it. And then I added, of course, don't worry about me. 70s, the new 80, uh, because you know, that's who I am. All right. Yeah. Can't find that either. I mean, I'd have to look for it, and you don't need that. I don't know. Hang on. Excuse me. I just saw it. Here it is. Here it is. She was surviving. That's the uh, yellow. Something isn't right. Nervousness, sadness, increased mood fluctuations, inconsistent performance, more easily overwhelmed or irritated, increased need for control and difficulty adjusting to changes. Trouble sleeping or eating. Activities and relationships you used to enjoy seem less interesting or even stressful. Muscle tension, low energy headaches. Holy fuck. And that's surviving. Now, mine was thriving. I got this, you know. Calm and steady with minor mood fluctuations. Able to take things in stride. And some might argue about that. Consistent performance. Uh, and that applies to the book. Able to take feedback and adjust to changes or plans. Uh, certainly doing that. Uh, able to focus. Able to communicate effectively. And normal sleep patterns and appetite. Yes, I am green all the way. Now, I'm afraid to even look at the struggling, the red or orange, and then in crisis. I can't survive this. It's a great little chart. I'm, I'm very, very impressed. Struggling. I can't keep up. I can't keep this up. Persistent fear, panic, anxiety, anger, pervasive sadness, hopelessness, exhaustion, poor performance and difficulty making decisions or concentrating, avoiding interaction with coworkers, family and friends, fatigue, aches and pains, restless, disturbed sleep, self-medicating with substances, food or other numbing activities. Holy fuck. Well, I guess after reading Crisis then, right? Disabling distress and loss of function, panic attacks, nightmares or flashbacks, unable to fall or stay asleep, intrusive thoughts, thoughts of self-harm or suicide, easily enraged or aggressive, careless mistakes or inability to focus. Well, I've made a few careless mistakes, but nothing like that. Feeling numb, lost or out of control, withdrawal from relationships, dependence on substances, food, or other numbing. That's dependence as opposed to self-medicating. Uh, very, very well done chart. So, anyway. Uh, okay, <laughs> I guess, does that take up the show? Have I finished? Uh, tomorrow I've got to uh, get the winter tires mounted on the Toyota. 
if tomorrow's Friday. Yes, it is. So I got to back the car in today to get my son to do that. Uh, no update on Torah. Like Torah's not coming back, and and I, I'm just I. I don't sound it in my voice, but I'm just so deeply saddened. I mean, both my wife and I, we just keep looking at the door. And you know, no, no, he would have been back within hours the first day. Something's happened. He's gone somewhere. And I, and I, I can't think. So either he's gone off to die. Uh, if we couldn't touch him after four years, I don't think anybody else has taken him, taken him in. I just don't know. Uh, I, part of me thinks, no, he's old and he's thinking, fuck this. I just don't want to survive another winter. And he's he's gone off to die somewhere. But where does a cat go to die and what happens to the body? God, what a horrible note to end on. Uh, but I guess we will. Scarborough Dude from Thompson Park. On this kind of crazy day, I just... I just want to get back to my letters and continue editing and, and get that. I have a goal. And I think that's, maybe that's helped me. But right from the beginning, even before I got on this letter project, I mean, I didn't miss going to the only. I, I'm not even looking forward to going back to the only. It almost feels, especially now that I've been officially diagnosed with diabetes, I shouldn't be going in there and drinking four pints of beer. And I don't even have a, a taste and appetite for beer right now. That reminds you, i got to pick up sake today. Okay, so maybe I'll do... Oh, no, I can't. I don't have a fucking wallet. Jesus. Oh, okay, last thing, last thing. This this is <laughs> this is a little funnier. Uh, coming out of the doctor's office, you got to pay for parking. You get your thing stamped. Okay, you only pay half an hour, whatever. Anyway, it was $4 parking fee, $4. I realized as I drove up to the gate, and there's a man in a booth, I don't have $4. I look in, where do I keep my change? I usually have two toonies. I used one of the toonies. I had, I think, $2.45. So I told him, you know, right away, sorry, I I don't have my wallet. And how many times does he hear that? Well, I, I it comes out of my pocket. I have to pay. I, no, sorry, I won't do an accent. Nice old man. He's telling me he has to pay if I don't pay. And I show him the change in the wad. He says, no. He says, okay, you know, you got a credit card? No, they're all in my wallet. And then I think, but I got my iPhone, and I'm thinking this is not going to take, you know, the iPhone pay thing. I says, okay, okay, try that. So I get my iPhone out. I double tap. My Visa card pops up. I hold it over his machine. Ka-ching! It took the $4. He's laughing. I'm laughing. Wow! Technology saved me. Wonderful, isn't it? Uh, it's something I saw. I've only used, uh, you know, paying with this maybe half a dozen times at most. This was a case where, oh, thank God. Uh, I know some of you younger folk out there probably do this all the time and think, well, why didn't you just think of that right off the bat? Um, but to me, that was a happy ending. We were both laughing as I drove out the gate. Scarborough Dude, ending on a happier note. Bye for now. Sorry, um, it, it turns out today is Thanksgiving for my American friends. I thought I thought it already passed a week ago. Happy Thanksgiving, my dear friends in America who, uh, you know, are, are doing things and, and who are kind people who I'm glad to know. Um, I don't think any of you, except for one, are Trump supporters. And uh, <laughs> I wish her a happy Thanksgiving anyway. Why not? Yeah. Bye for now. <laughs>